Welcome to Office Baggage, where two corporate women unpack our week in business. Every week, co-hosts Ray Parent and Marcy Tweet tackle the WTF business topics you want to talk about on every rung of the business ladder. Bring your baggage. We'll We'll unpack it. This week on Office Baggage, Marcy and Ray are back in person and recording a full episode to catch you up on what's been happening in our lives, both personal and professional, recapping the season so far, and giving you a preview of the episodes that are to come for the rest of the winter and spring on season three of Office Baggage. Stay tuned. Hey, Ray. Hey, Marcy. Welcome back. It is good to be back live. I think the last time we recorded together, I was on the phone. You were. We did a couple of phone um, episodes or intros, I think, um, recently. Actually, we did our whole um, New Year's resolution thing on the phone, too. Oh, okay. So that was great. Um, and we were in October in, in uh, Maryland, in the Mid-Atlantic. And now you are in Chicago. It's so good to be back in Chicago. But if I may... Winter is some bullshit. Yeah. Winters. So in fairness to winter, it's been a pretty good winter. We have, we've done pretty well, but February has been, has been fairly, fairly cold. Yeah. I have not experienced a negative 20 degree day in Maryland. And so the whipping wind yesterday as we were making our way to the global hub and the below twenties temperature. Yeah, um, I I strung together some profanity, which I never do. You did, <laughs> and you are taller than me and have longer legs. So I was trotting along with you while you were walking very fast yesterday. Look at um. I got your back, sister. <laughs> unless I'm cold, in yes. which case you're on your own, <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. That's all right. But yeah, we you were in town. We um, joined our friends, the Manbassadors club at Kellogg full-time MBA program. They are a um, uh, club that is inclusive of of all genders, but um, with the intent of helping men to become more focused allies for women in business. And we've been, this is our second time presenting to that club, but our third time doing a, a presentation or or sort of, you know, talk uh, to Kellogg full-time MBA students. And it, we had an awesome time yesterday. They asked really great questions. And I'm it, every time I spend time with that kind of, you know, forward-thinking, educated, 20-something men crowd, I feel really hopeful for the world and for business that maybe change it is a coming. When we were first invited to come speak with the ambassadors, we both had a Scooby-Doo moment about the name. And I think we've chatted about that on podcasts before. My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is they are a subset of a women in business group. They are. And the, the impetus was, hey, we love that we're men and we can be part of this women in business group. Can we carve off some space for us to ask some questions that we don't want to dominate the women in business dialogue with, but we want to do better, we want to be better, we don't know how, how do we set that up? And so when you look at the genesis of it, it's just so damn cool. It's really cool. And the thing that I find interesting for them, and I actually think this is a part of a a larger trend in 
cultural education in general. Um, what we heard yesterday after we left and they after we were done and they a number of people came up to us and they said, we love having you guys here and we're so glad you come back every year because what you give us are really practical pieces of advice that we can put into place in the workplace immediately. And often the advice that we get as people, whether it be advice on how to be more culturally aware for our friends in the LGBTQ community, whether it's advice on how to be more culturally aware for people with mental illness or women or whatever that might be, is so generalized and it's so, um, you know, you always say don't be a pervert, but like it, it is there. It, I feel like we get more granular than I that. I feel like right? that needs a little bit more context. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the ability to, you know, I feel like sometimes the group is asking for permission to try things and to make mistakes. And no one should need permission to try to be kind and to ask if they were kind correctly, but letting people know that they're they're well within their rights and it's a good thing to do. And speaking on behalf of all women, we of course welcome mm-hmm. someone who, who asks us if we're looking for their advocacy. But you know, just understanding that you might, as someone trying to be an advocate or an ally, get a message back that might make you uncomfortable and you, you have to sit with that, you have to work through it. Uh, But I feel like so much of it is them asking permission to try, and that just needs some reminders every now and then. Yeah, and asking for the how, because the what is be an ally, be an advocate, treat people equally, invest in diversity and inclusion, right? We don't ever get to, there's a lot of places we don't get to the how. And so yesterday we talked, you know, some of the advice that, that we gave them were things like, um, you know, talk about your female employees by name to your leadership. So instead of saying the team did a really good job, say, you know, Ray did a fantastic job on this piece so that you are naming people, you're giving them that credit, you're extending that credit to people of color and women as much as you are to the white males in the room. And, you know, it's all of these kinds of things that we have to to get really granular about or men won't know. Just saying be better right? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. And and helping people understand that how did we learn these things? We learn them by making mistakes. Right. I learn so much about how to be an ally and an advocate for the transgender community by talking to my transgender colleagues and asking them for the right way to be uh, an advocate. But in doing so, I've gotten the words wrong a few times and I've gotten corrected or I've stepped in when someone was getting misgendered and that individual didn't want me to step in. And you apologize and you move forward, but you learn like anything else. I think you said it in front of everybody. You learn by fucking up. Yeah, you learn by fucking up. And then it's interesting. So last night I was um, listening to um, a comedy special on Netflix by Michael from Michael Che when I went to sleep. I love Michael Che. I think he and Colin Jost are, are so funny on SNL. But he was talking about how he was using the word tranny and that someone got and that someone who he knows in the in the trans community was very offended and said to him, like, Michael, you're not allowed to use the word tranny. And he said, as a comedian, he said this much more humorously than I'm about to say it. But he said, as a comedian, he thought, like, come on, like, it's I'm not trying to offend you. It's a word like let it go. And this transgender person said back to him, how would you like it if I called you blackie? And he said something clicked in him like, oh, no, like that's what it is. That took real guts for whoever that person was to say that to him. And it's like those are the things, too, that you have to 
it takes the ally and the person on the outside being willing to learn, but it also takes the people who are, whether you're in that marginalized group or you're part of it, to speak truth to power and to be a little brazen at times and maybe funny or sarcastic at times to get that out there. And I thought, what a cool, like, what an interesting moment that must have been. Being an ally or an advocate and they're not interchangeable. They're very different things. But being either comes with understanding. It's not all glory. You're going to be wrong. Someone's going to tell you you're wrong. And you have to accept it. You have to understand that your intent and your impact are not the same thing. And that if, you, if you're signing up for the work of being a vocal advocate or ally, you do need to understand that that's going to come boomeranging back at you sometimes, potentially in a manner that hurts. But you're signing up for that. And I am incredibly grateful to the people in marginalized communities who take on the mantle of being an educator on behalf of whatever community they're a member of, because it shouldn't be their role, it shouldn't be their job, but it kind of has to be sometimes, this unfortunately. Was, wasn't it last year, or maybe it was two years ago, that we did this speech to Kellogg and someone invoked the quote, I forget who said it, um, diversity should not fall the responsibility for diversity should not fall to the diverse and you and I both said like yep you're right but sorry bub it does like I apologize I wish that the responsibility for you know making sure that we have equity for women and equity for people who are you know LGBTQ or equity for people of color I wish that we all didn't have to hold that flag and that we could let our privileged you know people do but then there's also that moment where as people of privilege because we are white women you know that we also have to go okay if I wished that someone else were doing this for me how can I do it for others and I think that's really important too yeah it was um just so very good to be back on campus it was and to see people that we haven't seen in a while. Where did we land on posting it? Because we recorded it because we ha we got schooled by a by a dear professor of ours around <laughs> not giving him notice that we would be on campus. So we zoomed him in at the last minute. Yeah, I recorded it on Zoom. I have not listened to the recording yet to know how the sound quality is because of how far away my iPad is. I'm not hopeful mm. for it, um, but I'll, I'll listen to it. And if it feels like the sound quality is good enough, we can see about cutting it up and posting it. Well, that's so. interesting. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, but it's it was it was fun to do. That's like something we've talked about always is doing a live, an actual live podcast on video and things like that. Like, I just didn't get it together. It's crazy how 2020 has sped. Like, I know we say that every year of how fast the time goes, but the fact that it's March at the end of next week is like, what? Is it? What oh, just happened? Oh, we end of next week, like, February, next Saturday is February 29th. No, oh, look at so that. So it's like, it's March next Sunday, you know? It's crazy. It is flying by. How yeah. is your, how's your 2020 going? It's it's going so well. Like, if you had told me six months ago that I would feel the way I feel right now about life and work and everything, I would have thought you were lying. Because I've just been, I mean, you guys know, listeners, you know, I've been through the ringer these last two years. Um, some 
based on decisions other people made, some based on bad decisions I made, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. And I've been in this kind of one foot in, one foot out. Do I want to go back in house? Do I want to consult? And I've been in this consulting on my own space for a while now, and I've just hit a great stride with it. And it's fun. Um, I have really, really fun clients who I love working with. I have challenging clients too, um, but it's been great. And I, I just see such a, a road for the first time that it, for the first time in life in a long time, I feel like there is a high likelihood that a year from now, I'll be doing the same thing I'm doing now. Now you never know what happens, right? You never know what happens. I could be wrong. That could change. I'm a changeaholic. I'm a changeaholic. So I hear you. I'm like people are like, yeah, right, Marcy. Charlie and I have this conversation every year. So we've been together for this year will be 11 years that we've been together. And one of us has changed jobs or we've moved every single year we've been together. <laughs> we are changeaholics. We're just like those people. Like in the time that I've had my sofa or like the time my brothers had his sofa I've had seven sofas you know it's like I just like change it's a it's a I'm a fan so but it's nice even though I'm still open to change and maybe something looks different in six months like it's the first time in a very long time that I could say if I'm in the exact spot I'm in now a year from now I'll be so happy Charlie and I had a few amazing conversations before you showed up on Thursday night um, my, my favorite was our two minutes in confession that neither one of us was caught up on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm the, oh you're bringing that on the podcast. You're going to tell the podcast I'm telling the podcast that, that you don't listen to the podcast. No, no, no. I do listen to the podcast. I fell behind <laughs> when I had the Apple upgrade pushed to my phone. Yeah. And so it wasn't automatically downloading anymore. And I had a moment getting on the plane to come here where I was like, I haven't, what, huh? It's been a couple, I'm a few, I'm a couple weeks behind. So I was talking to Charlie about that and he's like, I'm an episode or two behind too. And we both gasped, covered our mouths and we're like, we will never tell Marcy about this. You were in the door 15 seconds where I was, I threw Charlie under the bus and then he reached out from under the bus and dragged me right down but with him. Then, but then actually he was wrong. He is caught up. He I found out. I think he's a lying liar. Pants. There has been, and, and I, I will, this is the first, this episode will go up on, on Tuesday, um, two days from now. Uh, as our first episode back, I did. We did have two weeks where we did not post, and I was a little bit um, MIA. So I apologize for those two weeks. Um, I would, I, I'd ask our listeners to give me some of their feedback. Um, it was weird for me to post a couple of episodes without you on them, and I had content I could have posted the last two weeks, and I just, I really, I knew you were coming. I knew we were jumping back in. I didn't want to post a third episode in a row without you. It just didn't feel right to me. Oh, thanks, So, I, you know, we're doing that, and I also, um, as, as long as I'm wildly plugging our listeners' um, feedback, um, I've we started a newsletter. We were first doing the podcast, and I've reprised the newsletter, and I'm sending out a weekly newsletter that's sort of half office baggage, half Marcy Tweet Consulting. It's living in this kind of world of, of sustainability and ethics and office stuff and whatever. And we had a couple of episodes, I think, over Christmas that 
maybe I shouldn't have posted because it was such a down week that I wanted to re-promote. So I did a little bit of that the last couple of weeks, making sure that people saw a couple of those really good episodes that maybe have held over the holidays. But I also think, no offense, Apple, don't cancel us, but um, Apple has kind of screwed people on the podcast thing. This happened, it, we are not the only podcast that this happened to, that when the new iOS pushed, people either lost episodes. Hi, Betsy. What you doing? I fed the cat so she wouldn't yell, but here she is. Hi, Betsy. Um, people either lost episodes or they're not getting episodes pushed to their phone. So I need to do a little more investigation on like what that is that fixed or was it just a one time thing or are people not getting it? So at any rate, if you're listening to this right now, um, please, if you are not getting this newsletter, um, go to officebaggagepodcast.com and on the bottom right corner of the page, there is a link to subscribe to our newsletter. I promise we won't spam you. I'm sending something once a week or once every other week just so that you make sure if you're not getting us in your feeds on your podcast that you'll see what's going up um, in your email. So also just to circle back to the conversations I was having with Charlie before you showed up, yeah. you know, back to your consulting thing, um, you know, one, of the, one of the greatest strengths that I have always seen in you is your hustle. Like you hustle for shit that you yeah. want and that's great. And in the gaps, because when you first started out, you had the, you had, you know, maybe a gap between a consulting assignment and maybe that was a week, but the stress you felt in that week, it'll be really interesting what he and I talked about to see if you can ever calm the freaking hell down and understand mm -hmm. that, that, okay, you might have to wait a week, but you're going to have that pipeline. I think there's, I think your hustle is your greatest strength, but I, I you know, when you get that confidence that the pipeline is full, I think that's when you're really going to lock into this because you're so mm -hmm. incredibly good at that swoop in, where are we really now with regards to this objective? How do we get it where it needs to be? Leave it in a better place. Yeah. Work. Yeah. And I think it takes, you know, consulting is a muscle that it's a, and in, there's some interesting ways that you have to learn to flex it, right? Um, I finished my first big, big, big consulting project um, that I had done six months working with this company. And at the end of it, I, I was panicked the night before I did the final presentation. And I kept saying to Charlie, I don't know if I'm giving them enough. I don't know if I'm giving them enough. And um, it happened to be that I've known this organization for a really long time. And so after the sort of final presentation and we had gone over everything, I went into my dear friend's office who was there and I asked her, did it look like the amount of work you paid me to do? And she said, oh my God, Marcy. Yeah. Like it looked like more than that. Like we, you know, and I'm like, okay, great. Like it just makes me feel so much better. So I think it's another thing I have to learn. Like, is this, am I giving people enough? Am I not? And then, like you said, it's in the ebbs and the flows. Cause the last two weeks have been a bit of an ebb for me. I'm about to jump on a really huge project. That's going to be like all in for the next 14 weeks. That's a, um, a big, big, big project for me. I'm on another big project that is a lot of writing. And then there are like two or two week spans where the client is editing. 
anything and I'm kind of like hands off the project. So the last two weeks I have not had a lot to do because I've been in this like ebb with the editing and writing project and I'm about to start this new project. And another one of my clients um, had their biggest event of the year this week. So they were sort of down on the strategic planning process we're doing while they executed this big event. And it did, Charlie, it's probably what he said to you on Thursday night. She's a little panicked right now. Even though I know stuff is coming and that things are picking up, the feeling of not having anything to do again is nerve wracking. And it's, it's hard. It's a very hard feeling for me to go through. And I think when I've gone through that before, like I had that for like a week in January, we didn't have much to do. And I just worked out like a fiend. And I also fell down the stairs three weeks ago. And so I've been nursing an ankle injury. So I couldn't go like live in the gym this week either. So it's like, I'm learning the ebbs and flows and how to manage them. I had a great um, conversation with a friend of mine who's been an independent consultant for years about how to manage this. And she gave me some really good advice. So trying to put things in place. I, I think that's incredible. I appreciate this is a moment in the podcast where I'm supposed to express great sympathy for you and your injury. <laughs> and look, I did but do you that. I have my name every day. Oh my fucking God. So the podcast people have heard this, that I roped you into running a 10 mile race. I thought it was 10K. Like, here's the thing, Marcy, <laughs> we have known each other for how many years now? What part, like, you, so you send that text and I reply, sure. Like, why wouldn't you in that moment be like, Ray, I said 10 miles, not 10K. I, I, I mean, cause I said 10 miles, I don't know. You can run the 5K. This was always my caveat for people. I said, you're to the 5K is totally open. Just run the 5K. It's not my fault you're a crazy overachiever and need to run the 10 miles. I'm not sure that I need to run the 10 miles. <laughs> but I live with a maniac who's running 10 miles every morning when he wakes oh up. Oh, my God. And so now I feel pressure. Ugh. You, we went to the gym this morning. Here's the deal, though. We went to the gym this morning. Beautiful facility. Um, we had a lovely breakfast afterwards. I don't know how you get anything done at that gym because the people watching is amazing. For the Chicagoans, uh, I took Ray to East Bank Club, which anyone in Chicago knows is is the bougiest gym ever. You really just want to walk up to groups of people and be like, "So, what's going on with you?" Yeah. Like, tell me your like story. Women, women with their diamond earrings in and their full face of makeup, like walking very slowly around a track. And, you know, you see the, apparently the other day I was working out next to Chance the Rapper and I totally didn't know who he was. And somebody was like, that's Chance the Rapper. And I'm like, I don't know, whatever. Um, so it is, it's, you know, whatever. I'm bougie. We're members there because it's three blocks from our house and it's easy. And I hate it less than other places. <laughs> but it's like, it is what it is. I still hate it. But you're doing, I think you're doing great. You joined a run club. Yeah. You know, you're doing it. I'm bummed because I was doing really, really well on the running. And now I'm off running for at least a month. Um, but, you know, I, here's the thing. So we talk about the Enneagram like like they're sponsoring us, which they're not. Um my Enneagram type eight, I always need a, a North Star. I always need a goal. Like I need something to be working towards. So um, I signed up to run a triathlon um, in August. So I'm seeing this uh, setback of not being able to run this race in DC, which makes me really, really sad um, as an opportunity to get in the pool and start training swimming. So that's been fun. 
Swimming is incredibly good exercises. I say like it's a revelation. Um, it's also probably next to running one of the things I'm awful, like the worst at. Yeah. Uh, you're taking swimming lessons, which is so cool. Which is so funny because um, Charlie's like, you're doing what? Because um, I am a fish. I'm a great swimmer. I love swimming. Um, but I grew up as a lake kid. I grew up, you know, swimming with your head above water because there's like friggin' moss and algae and, and crap that you don't want to breathe in. And I've never learned how to like swim laps, like how to put my face in the water and breathe at a good time. So I'm working with a, a triathlon swim coach um, just once a week for like a half an hour just to get my breath work together so that I can I can do that. It's like, put me in the water. I can tread water for hours um, and I can swim. So I'm not worried because um, the triathlon that I'm running in Minnesota in August is at Lake Harriet in Minneapolis, a small lake, um, per- fairly shallow lake, but very clean, very easy. And Can you see the bottom? Um, No. Don't you worry that like there's a dead body under there that's going to reach up and grab your ankle? I do not. I do not. But that's, I grew up do you worry about swimming it in a lake. Oh, no. I cannot. I cannot with lakes. Yeah, I, I love why? lakes. Because my brother, my older brother, do you know my older brother's name is Chad? I feel like we haven't sufficiently made fun of the fact oh, that I have a brother so named Chad. Oh, that's so funny. I made threw- fun of, yes, I, we threw so many men under the bus yesterday at this Kellogg thing, which is part of the reason maybe we should post the dark <laughs> thing. <laughs> Because we were saying something, and I was like, and of course, and you were like, and of course, his name is Chad, and I was like, no, his name's probably not Chad; it's Thad or Brad or <laughs> like Jesus. And I had this moment of like, don't look up and see how many guys you've just offended. But so yeah, so funny. my brother. But it comes from like the Chad Brad Thad thing comes from Midtown Uniform, yes, Instagram. Which if you don't follow Midtown Uniform <laughs> Instagram, please do it. Just please do I it. don't need to. I work in investments now. They're all they wearing all it. They all wear that. So anyway, when I was way too young to see the movie Friday the 13th, yeah. where Jason drowns in the lake, um, <laughs> which is the, of course, you know, moment. Um, yeah. Chad showed me that movie when I was way too young to see that movie. And lakes are ruined for me. If yeah. I can't see the bottom, it's not oh, happening. See, I love lakes. I love lakes. This is why I'm so good at treading water because, like, most of my swimming as a kid was off the back of a boat, not from the shore. And so... But if you're treading water, your ankles are right down there just begging to no, have, actually, like... No, because, oh. like, most... The lake I grew up on is very... Is quite deep, and so you never actually could touch the bottom, you know? Um, I... We're going to agree to disagree on this. No, we're going to agree to cut this out of the podcast because I sound like an absolute psychopath. No, people... I mean, I get, like... I get it. Informal office baggage poll. If you think lakes are yucky and they make you think of murderers, um, let us know. Team Ray. A lot of people do not like lake swimming. I get it. Um, And it's not like, look, it's not a a snobby thing or anything like that. I have been in lakes where I've been fine going in the water. Lake Michigan, which has a bluer cast, I'm much more comfortable with than your typical brown lake. Yeah, you would. Lake Harriet, you wouldn't mind. It's definitely blue. It's definitely blue. Um, there is a, a Loch Ness of Lake Harriet, apparently, though. So oh, we'll get really. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, but it'll be fine. So I am not getting myself down about spraining my ankle, and I am swimming and, and biking. I haven't biked yet, but in theory. In I am. Um, I love the bike. I know. Love it. I fail at the bike. 
I fail at the bike, but I'm working on it. So you're doing the consulting gig and you're putting down roots there. Yeah. How are you? What's up with your job? But you're almost six months in. I am. I'm actually a little bit more than six months in at this point. And we are exactly six days from when we moved into our house in Maryland, six months from when we moved into our house in Maryland, which, um, as you know, we did, I just kind of had a, a really cool moment this week. Uh, Monday was President's Day. Um, my husband had started his new job in Maryland a couple weeks prior, mm-hmm. so, but my company had off for President's Day. So I had a day planned with the kids that was like little onesie and twosie stuff but fun stuff that we don't typically do with Chris because he's the responsible parent. That's one thing that that business school very much did was it put me in the fun parent mode and him in the responsible parent mode. Fun. So my kids are saying things like, you know, can we go, can we get milkshakes at Smashburger for breakfast? Sure. Like those kinds of things. So we had this whole day planned out and um, Lucas and I have this thing going um, because we're – we always make this certain kind of joke about him and his personality. And he really wants to turn it into a comic book. So we were going to start writing his comic book. Mm-hmm. So we had all these just little wonderful kind of mom and kid things planned. Well, like 9.15 rolls around and on the door. And I'm like, okay, must be like an early Amazon delivery or whatever. Because yeah. they, they love to knock on the door and get the dogs going. <laughs> and I open the door and it's a batch of kids from the neighborhood. So we just lucked into this neighborhood that has at least five boys that are in fourth grade and there's four girls that are in fifth grade, which is exactly my children's ages. And those little humans just ran around from house to house, up and down the street and did kid shit all day long. It's amazing. There's no snacks left in my house. I, at one point, had to run out and get them pizza and whatnot. But, like, as I was tucking my kids into bed that night, they were filthy. Um, I made them shower in the morning, but they were too tired. And, look, when you have kids and they're ready to go to bed, you just you <laughs> you let them, them go. Bed. Yeah. Um, they were filthy. They were exhausted. They were so happy. and And just so exceptionally well-grounded. So it, it was just this moment. Because one of the really difficult things about doing a reload, particularly involving your family, is there's a decent amount of guilt that comes with it. Oh, of course. And there's a gentleman that I work with who started on the same day as I, relocated from the Chicago area. And we were talking about how when I have a bad day, I don't have anyone to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't, when I have a bad day, really unpack that in the how was your day discussion at home. At home. Because there's this like, well, gosh, if you're having a bad day or if you have two in a row, why the hell did we do this? Why did we do this? And I know that my husband would never put that back on me, but there's this burden of, oh my gosh, when you have a bad day, did I make the wrong decision? Is this better? Is this truly better? And so having things like that Monday where I had the happiest little human beings in the world in my house, I was like, okay, this isn't bad. This was a good decision. The work is incredibly challenging every single day, which I enjoy. Mm -hmm. But what I think I enjoy more than anything is that my team is really um, rising to it in a different way. Yeah, I think there's an element of freedom they have, knowing they have a permanent boss who has their back that just gives them the ability to drive their value in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so watching them shine where they shine and coaching them where they need coaching, and seeing the looks on their face when I ask them what I can do differently and better, or when I take accountability for a mistake, 
Um, it's just really cool. It's so it's really awesome. Good. You've been, um, the thing that you've been doing, which I think is really interesting, and we have not talked as much as maybe we, we could have. Maybe this is something we could dive more deeply to in, in the podcast. Well, we're, we're doing this a little bit next week with, with talking about mental health. Um, is about sort of culture change and how you make culture change happen. And it's not necessarily, I think for you in your current job, taking a bad culture and making it better because that's not true at all they have a fantastic culture but one of the the hallmarks of the business that you work in's culture and you talked about this um on a podcast a few months ago is that they're very nice right and people don't our people are so nice to each other you've worked with your team to change that culture in some really interesting ways where you've asked your team to challenge you publicly and in meetings so talk a little bit about that because i think it's something that when you told me you were doing it, I thought that's freaking brilliant. Um, and so I'm probably not characterizing it the way that I should. You tell tell the listeners like how are you making these like m- small cultural changes to allow people to have that room to grow and change. I did this a little bit at Mass Mutual too, and my last role at Mass Mutual was a bit of a team turnaround. And so there's this, this incredible freedom when you're like, well, you know, okay, I have to lose. Um, my current company is not the same way. Um, I, I, there's, it's not a turnaround by any stretch of the imagination. But yes, it's a very, they, 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 it's a very nice culture. Um, I can't remember if I've said it on the podcast, but nice and kind are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Nice can have a little bit of a bite to it. Nice can result in me really disagreeing with what you're saying in a meeting and not being on board and not saying something to you in the meeting because I don't want to seem like I'm countercultural. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go kind of work the network behind the scenes to make sure that we don't do that thing that you said. And that's in that's not nice. That's not nice. Yeah. That's not nice. And so... We said this about a different thing the other day. Stab me in the front, man. Stab me in the front. Stab me in the front. I So what I did very much at my old company and what I'm doing a little bit here is understanding who my trusted partners are and agreeing with them. I say it all the time. A little bit of kabuki theater goes a long way. Yeah. Here's what I see. Our niceness, our collegial nature is our greatest strength. But when overplayed, it becomes our biggest weakness. Which is true of everyone's greatest strength. Absolutely. <laughs> organizations, people, entities, very Absolutely. true. Absolutely. So rather than just talking about it, what will we do? What do we as peers commit that we are going to do differently when we have both of our teams in a room? And so with some of my partners in technology, we've agreed to unpack challenges together as opposed to, well, let's take that offline. Mm-hmm. No, let's unpack it together, but let's make sure that as we're walking out of the room, people very publicly see us talking about something very different and laughing or making plans to grab lunch later. That changes the temperature of the water that people are swimming in mm-hmm. way more than anything else. With my team at my former company, I brought in someone that I had worked with before, also in that company, but in a different role. And I let him know that at my leadership table, I needed him to challenge me. Mm-hmm. And I needed people to see it be okay. And it was so fast that it happened that everybody started challenging, not just me, but each other. So cool. And so we're doing that here in this new environment as well. Mm-hmm. We're holding kind of a massive change portfolio container. And I bring all my leaders together because they each hold a piece of it. 
and I make sure that they're held accountable to understand what each other is doing Mm because it's one firm it's one strategy we're going someplace together so Jim you need to know what Bob's team is doing needs to know what Marcy's team is doing Mm -hmm. because you need to we need to make sure that the firm doesn't have 17 major deliverables lining up in Q3 Mm -hmm. 2021 yeah that won't work and making that safe We've talked about making it safe, but until you get out there and you start doing it and just, it's role modeling. Yeah. Until you start role modeling it and nothing changes. Yeah. Um, as you know, I sit on, on the board of an incredible nonprofit organization here in Chicago and we've had a bit of, um, change in, in a couple of different leadership positions at that organization in the last uh, a few years. I mean, it hasn't been quickly. It's been, it's been over the last few years, a, a few changes and, um, the the sort of council of vice presidents has has done a really good job of bringing some issues to the table um the organization moved to a new space got a new home they've had some major transitions that they've weathered in such a cool way and it's been so fun to watch and last um late last fall we had i I, i'm privileged to sit on um, the finance committee and the executive committee of this organization and one of the things that they do is the first to the finance committee and then to the executive committee all of the vps bring their plans for the following year right because part of our goal as a board is to approve that year's budget and for the first time in a long time and not to say that they weren't doing some of this before but it was this moment where as each of the VPs talked about their plan for the next year, it was so clear that all of the others knew exactly what that department was doing. They had been consulted. They had been talked to. They were all like rowing in the same direction. And it was so awesome to watch that moment of alchemy happen with those people where it went like, yes, like you're all in the right direction. You all know what the others are doing. And we're going to get even further this year than we ever thought because you're all working together. So while I was not the leader of that team and did not facilitate any of that, (laughs) I got to observe it and it's so fun to see. So I'm excited for you six months in to be seeing your team have those moments of alchemy, um, which is like, I realize I'm 10 years behind on that word, but it's my new favorite. I love that word. And I, it kind of comes back to a topic that we discussed a little bit with the ambassadors yesterday, which is for any of these things, I don't think there's a great answer. You try some things, you bring your EQ, you try to drive open conversations about what's working and what's not. You reinforce why you're doing the things you're doing, but you listen and you accept the cultural tenets that have gotten the firm to be as successful as it has been for a very long time. And if something's not working, you check and adjust. Yeah. And that's completely okay too. Yeah. And I think it's this, um, I'm sure what I'm about to say is a quote from someone really famous, but I have no idea who said it. Um, Someone once told me that no one really wants change. They just want things to stay the same and get better. Um, and you know, I'm a changeaholic, so I actually do want change, but it's, it's ways to take a culture that is already really strong in a lot of ways and make it iteratively better. And that's something we said to the ambassadors yesterday as well as somebody said like, you know, how do you keep moving on some of these, whether it's DEI or, you know, sustainability or ethics or whatever those kinds of things, how do you keep moving? And I'm like, you have to focus on iteration and small wins and 
be really excited about those small wins because nothing ever changes overnight. Nothing ever wins overnight. It, it's these like tiny things, just like bad things are death by a thousand paper cuts. It's like, I don't know what the positive reverse of death by a thousand paper cuts is, but that's the... It's small changes have big impacts. Yeah. And the importance not of talking about the change, but of to definitely quote a famous person being the change, not to make this stuff sound <laughs> much more, I said you that know. To you. What were we talking about yesterday? And you said something and I was like, be the, be the change, right? Be the change. I but, believe that was a uh, Gandhi, correct? Yeah, I think that, I think it was some like super famous dude. Um, but just you know gandhi. It, it's, it's it was an, gandhi it's another area where i think people are asking for permission to do things a little differently and when you're a new person you do have the ability to just be like oh that's how i've always done things is it okay um and, and leverage your newness to maybe do some things a little differently and see if they stick awesome so one of the things we opened the episode with was my um, negligence or, or uh, delinquence in staying current with the podcast. I did, which we've now discovered that you have only not listened to the, one I mean, and a half. This was about not grammatically correct. You're, you've only missed one and a half. You're not that far behind. No, I'm not that far behind. But but I appreciate that you want to give me shit about it. Um, so what's coming up? Because as you also established very publicly yesterday, and look, this isn't true, but like. I do all the work. I, oh, do, all, I do all the work. You said that. <laughs> yeah, but you jumped on it really quick. I did. Um, that was your moment. Just by the way, that moment could have gone two very different ways, right? <gasps> what when, would you have rather me done in that moment? We would, no, Ray. It wouldn't be the same without you. That's very true. I did a couple of episodes without you, and they weren't the same. But no, you were like, yeah, Ray doesn't do shit. <laughs> no, you are a valuable, valuable part of this podcast. Oh, the gosh. But I'm a huge yes, contributing factor. You are. You are. But the truth is I have more flexibility than you do to do things like, you know, cut things and post them and make social media And listen memes. to them. <laughs> and listen to them. In fairness, I don't listen to the podcast. You know, it's like, I, well, I do sometimes. So, you know, you have interviews that are so out of the box and out of the can and everything's fine and you don't need to cut anything. And then you have interviews where it's like, oh, no, I need to go back and chop that up and I need to think this through. So you know, on a good day, the podcast takes me, you know, a half an hour to cut because I don't always re-listen to the whole thing either. So I guess, you know, I'm more delinquent than you are. Um, but we've got but we've got great things coming up. Um we have our next seven episodes scheduled and, and coming forward. And I think I'm just really excited for all of you guys to hear. So I'll give you a little pre preview of what's coming. Um, we are talking soon to a dear friend of mine, Christine Bader, who was formerly on the sustainability corporate responsibility teams for companies like BP and Amazon. And she now is running a new business that I'm really excited to hear about, um, about called The Life You Want, all about how to sort of build the life you love and build the life that you want and not feel like you have to be on on the, you know, on the first mountain, as David Brooks says. Um, we're also, as I think I said, I think you'll get another preview of this in, in our next podcast. We've got a couple more financial experts coming on the show. Um, we've got some really good feedback on the women in finance topic with Kelly Long. So we're talking to um, two financial professionals in the next month and a half, which will be great. We're talking to my friends Allie and Lindsay from The Obedient Agency, which is a really cool marketing agency focused on humor. Um, so that should be a fun podcast and a funny podcast. We're talking to the founders of a really cool business called Fembot. 
Um, Fem B O U G H T. Um, boss. that helps to catalog female owned businesses and give women a platform to find, uh, products and services that are made for and by women. So really cool stuff coming up. Lots of things happening on the podcast. I'll give yet another plug because I'm relentless to go to officebaggagepodcast.com bottom right corner click subscribe to our newsletter and that way if apple or google or spotify or whoever um and we are on spotify it now that's that's new we're on spotify oh how about that so find us on spotify um we are on all of those platforms so if any of them do the thing that apple did where they kick us at the bottom of the thing or whatever don't push us out um subscribe to our newsletter so that you're getting at least every week or two a sense of what's going on on the podcast and then i just i want to continuously ask our listeners i know you're out there i see the analytics i know how many people listen to these podcasts please reach out to us and share with us if you've got questions if you want things that ray and i should talk about um that you have questions for us in a sort of you know like ask ray and marcy capacity please let us know um and if you've got people that you want to share with us that you'd love us to talk to as interviewees on the podcast please let us know um again if you go to office baggage podcast dot com um, on the upper right hand corner there's a connect form and you can also send an email to info at officebaggagepodcast.com um, and we will answer your questions and talk more about it as time goes on so please interact with us we're trying to really find more ways to interact with you on social media via newsletter um, and on the podcast so keep in touch and season three continues <laughs>